Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon, who's feeling a little phlegmy today, she tells me. Hello. Hello, Hi, Amanda. How are you? <laughs> Good. I'm actually Good. realizing I swam this morning. You know what? That's what this is all about. <laughs> oh, all right. The the chlorine, the water, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. How far did you go? Oh, I, I, I'm really short these days. Usually like 1200. I mean, you know, I, oh, I uh-huh. used to, I used to have my, my bar was, you know, that never I would go below 2000, but that's, that's, uh. that's, that's a long time ago. So <laughs> <laughs> that's water over the dam, yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> water under that's the bridge. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, what articles you working on? Well, it's funny because um, tomorrow I'll be speaking with our own Adrian Martini about her book. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, My goodness. doing a, wow. a piece, yeah. um, for the Lily, which is kind of a, um, female centric section of the post. And I'm going oh. to be covering her book and interviewing, um, her and a couple of other people who, um, were similarly inspired to run and, um, yeah, it's, it's run for office. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Run for local office. Run, run for office. Yes. Um, remind people the name of Adrian's book. Uh, someone's got to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's got to do it. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. got to do it. I don't somebody's... have it in front of me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, and she's um, such a great writer. And it just, you know, it's an entertaining read. Um, even if the subject matter isn't your jam, it's it's just, you know, it's a really good read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's part memoir, part advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have to say, I only know that I, I don't have a copy yet. I only know that because of the New York times uh-huh. review that ran on March 3rd. Oh I my know. goodness. So, wow. Big, big deal for Adrian Martini. I just, oh, just thinking like, please just drop another mother runner into that conversation. Right, so. Right. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, Adrian, you know, has been on this podcast talking about uh, running the 50, running a half marathon in all 50 states. And she was at our Hilton Head retreat. So she added South Carolina to that because she took part, as I did, in the inaugural women run race. And it was all on the beach and the when the um, low tide. And so it was and I had always said, told people it's incredibly flat. It's incredibly firm. You're you know, heels will not be sinking into the sand. I can't tell you, Amanda, how many people either when they did their first run on the beach or after the race came up and were like, you were so right, Sarah, (laughs) it wasn't soft and squishy at all. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." yeah, yeah. I can imagine that probably raise a little bit of anxiety for people. So how was your race? Yeah, it was, it was good. So I did the, I dropped down from the half marathon to the quarter marathon. So 6.55 miles. And it was because I realized that, um, so right now, as I record this, I'm in week four of the heart and soul level two marathon training for Missoula marathon, which is June 28th. So I really had to kind of scale back my, the time I was running to stick with, to do the prescribed workouts. So I don't know, I suddenly was like, wait a minute, I haven't run more than like an hour or an hour 10 since January, I'm thinking that's not a really smart idea then to do a half marathon. So drop down to the quarter and I felt like a million freaking bucks during every moment of that race. It was 
just amazing. And I haven't done a, been part of a race since, um, last year at Eau Claire. So the first weekend in May, I was part of a marathon relay and it was hot. It was kind of muggy. That was not a stellar feeling for me. And so I just kind of forgot the joy and the buzz that comes from having a good race. Mm, yeah. Yes. And, uh, so, and just from the, from the get go, but it was very funny because, so I have two GPSs and I've been trying to get one of them to work with, um, a polar heart rate strap and it was just not working. So Molly lent me her, a Garmin strap. So I started reusing my Garmin 210, which I hadn't used literally in probably a year and so I forgot that the face of it, um, this first screen showed um, elapsed time, elapsed distance and heart rate, but did not show pace. So realize that in the first couple steps, I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm just going to run by feel. And so, and in the heart and soul program, you're supposed to do um, occasional kind of heart rate tests. And so I was using this as a heart rate test and, um, so going into it, I thought, okay, I want to run between nine and nine 30 minute miles. And the first mile clicked by and it was exactly nine minutes. And, you know, cause at each mile it bings and tells you what you did that mile mm-hmm. or whatever lap you have set to, as you know. Um, and so then the second mile, I think I did like eight fifty six, And so I was feeling really good. And I suddenly thought new goal. I want to run this 6.55 in under an hour. And so awesome playlist. Uh, there were so many, it was um, kind of a figure eight loop. So saw a ton of people and it was very funny because a woman who passed me at one point, she said, do you know everybody out here? I was, <laughs> well, like, yes, I I was like, well, that's <laughs> kind of, but I mean, there were, there were 300 women in the race or 300 people. There were a few men. And, um, so, and we were, there were probably about 75 retreaters in the race. So, but there was also, there were bammers who just came from all over. I mean, there were people from, um, just across the river from here in Vancouver, Washington went to it, California, Minnesota. Um, so it really drew a, a you know, people from all over, a lot of 50 staters, um, particularly because it was a Sunday race. And so they ran one race like in Florida on Saturday. And then these are the women from Vancouver. And then they ran women run on Sunday. So anyway, so, but then, um, so at one point when I was in the second part of the loop, so that only the people ahead of me were 10 K or sorry, quarter marathoners or, um, half marathoners. I suddenly also decided, Ooh, I want to come in 10th place in the quarter marathon because March 1st was day one of our anniversary month, which is our 10 year anniversary. So I'm like, Oh, I want to do, you know, 10 for 10, 10 for 10. So, um, (laughs) but the people ahead of me were either quarter marathoners or half marathoners. So I couldn't know. Oh yeah. I not only nailed 10th place exactly in the quarter marathon, but I came in first in my age group. Oh wow. Well done. (laughs) I was very excited and I had no idea so, you know, it was right there at the hotel. So I went up, I showered and everything. And I come down and a retreater was like, Hey, Sarah, you finished first in your age group. I'm like, really? She was, Oh, I looked at it. I made sure it said your name, your age group, like for real. Oh. And not, not 90 seconds later, the race director is doing the awards. And otherwise I would not have even gone over to listen right, to them. Right. And so, so I was so pleased that Gretchen had told me and I was so excited. I got a really big substantial shiny kind of gold colored medal for it and i was just i was pumped i was buzzed pretty much all yeah, all day yeah good yeah. for you so and although then i thought 
oh, maybe I'm the only person in my age group. Well, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, but there were 15 women in my age group. So well, good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, and I was really pleased. Like I, um, just like my heart rate was the same thing that had been the test. So like, I just felt like, I don't know, I feel this whole thing's really working. So, um, yeah, it was very, very, very fun. That's so, excellent. All right. Yes. So, and my runs will be getting longer now, you know, as I go into the training. And so um, today's show is the second in our routine series. The first one focused on morning routines, which uh, ran a few weeks ago, probably in January. And this time we're going to be talking about long run routines. And I felt the timing was right as we entered the bulk of spring race training season. And I figure we can all learn something by sharing our routines, hearing what other people do. And so our guests are three BAM ambassadors, and they will be talking about their long runs. We'll be back with the first of our three guests after this quick break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Molly Buchanan. She's the mom of a young son. She and her family live in Olathe, Kansas. Welcome to the show, Molly. Good morning. I'm very impressed that you pronounced Olathe correctly. Thank you. Well, given how many uh, retreaters we have had from That's Olathe, true. I have learned to say it. <laughs> that is true. We we come strong from Olathe. Yes, you. represent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Molly, tell us the story of how you became a mother. How I became a mom. Wow. So, um, my husband and I will celebrate 13 years of marriage this year, um, and we tried for about five years to conceive a baby and it did not work out naturally. And so um, our fertility specialist told us the next step in this process is IVF. And so that's a, that's a huge decision to make um, as many women out there know. And we decided that we were going to proceed with adoption instead. And so um, we adopted our son, Jack um, at birth and he will be three in April. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, all right. So uh, a fun fact about Molly is that she started listening to our podcast and signed up for one of our retreats even before she became a mother. So, That's right. um, but you were an avid runner. So tell us about your running background. Sure. Well, I haven't always been. So I think everybody's um, middle school and or high school had the mile test in gym class. And I was the one who walked the entire thing to the tune of my gym teacher yelling at me to hurry up and come inside. So <laughs> it was not my thing. I played sports, but running was never my thing. Um, so it was my senior year in college. So I've always been really active, but my senior year in college um, the late night pizza and beer kind of caught up with me. And so I thought, well, I'll try this running thing. I've, I've heard that that's pretty good. And so, um, <laughs> our, the apartment complex that I lived in had a treadmill and there was a TV in front of it. And at six o'clock PM every day, there were two episodes of friends. And my, in, my only goal <laughs> was to make it through those two episodes of friends. And so something in there happened, um, where I, kind of started liking it and then um, signed up for a 5k after college so it was even a couple of years later that I signed up for my first 5k and really got the bug after that so I've been out of college for almost 15 years and haven't really taken I, I've taken some breaks here and there I had some health issues 
um, our first year of marriage that kind of forced me to take some breaks, but um, yeah, I'm just a crazy runner now. <laughs> um, and when you watch reruns of Friends now, does it totally take you back to that treadmill? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it does to that little sweat box of a, of a gym. <laughs> All right. So since we're talking about long runs, we need to know, we need to know how many endurance races you've done. Do you know your tally of half marathons and marathons? Couldn't tell you how many half marathons, but fun <laughs> fact. So I have done eight full marathons. Um, one of which was the Ogden marathon on retreat. Yes. Um, yes. That's actually, that's actually my marathon PR. Um, oh, wow. So yeah. So it may, it, it's still holding strong as my PR. Um, but I, I'm currently training for number nine mm-hmm. and I did a full marathon before I ever did a half marathon. So I just kind of like <laughs> dove right into that nonsense. And uh-huh. then I have done, I couldn't tell you how many half marathons I've done. Um, we're probably close to 50. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. I like the half. That's, that's kind of my jam. Yeah. So you now, am I correct that you did um, back-to-back marathons last year, Chicago and Kansas? And Ugh. and if that's the case, um, <laughs> how did you treat it? Did you treat one of the races like a long run, or how did you um, kind of shake all that out? So in 2019, I didn't do any full marathons. I did one half marathon every single month. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2018, I did two full marathons. I did a spring and a fall. So I did Ogden in the spring and Chicago in the fall. And, um, that was very tough on my body. It was very, very tough. And which is one of the reasons I took 2019 off from doing a full marathon. Mm-hmm. I know that there are women that do it and do it well. Um, my body said, you are not one of those women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so not necessarily back to back. There was a little bit of a gap in there, but I think I only really got about four weeks off before I had to jump right into a training cycle. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So then let's, let's get into your long run routine. Do you have a, a day that you typically run your long runs? Yes. So Saturday mornings. So, um, that's, pretty standard. Um, there are times during a training cycle where I've had to flip it around to ensure that I, I get the mileage I need, but almost exclusively Saturday mornings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and day and night before prep, like, do you pay close attention to what oh, you yeah. eat, go to bed earlier, you know, be, you know, chug in the noon. What do you, what do you do? <laughs> Absolutely. So I started thinking about this and you're right. It really starts the day before. So, mm-hmm. Um, I do work out the day before, but I do it as a cross training day. And so mm-hmm. I do, I, I ride the bike and I do lightweight. Um, mm-hmm. And I, much like many listeners and much like my friend Maggie, am an Orange Theory devotee. So mm-hmm. a lot of times that is an Orange Theory class where I ride their bike and mm-hmm. do some modifications depending on what we're doing that day. Um, Mm -hmm. So just really, you know, I I like to have my body moving, but not putting too much tension on my legs, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So throughout the day, definitely making sure I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm really good about drinking my water. Um, I drink, I drink over a gallon a day of water. And so that's not, that's not uncommon on any day, but making sure I definitely get that in the day before. Um, If, 
if there's a lot of stuff going on um, in the world with sickness, um, kind of like right now, I'm definitely downing the noon immunity. So um, that that's a common thing um, on any day of the week. Um, but throughout the day, making sure that I'm taking in a lot of protein, that's something that just over the, the past several years I've noticed has the largest effect on me nutrient wise. It's not necessarily carbs, um, but definitely making sure I get lots of protein in the day before. Um, and early dinner, making sure I have time to digest and an early bedtime for sure. And I have kind of a fun ritual um, before every long run. I make this protein mug cake. Very delicious. It's kind of like my little treat the night before. I know Dimity always talks about having carrot cake the night before. That is that is um, ambitious, but I just know my stomach would probably say no to that. So it's my treat um, the night before I make this little um, chocolate mug cake thing. And then I lay out all of my clothes and my fuel, anything that I'm going to need the next day. I don't want to really think about anything the next morning before I'm about to embark on my run. And so then it's time for bed. So wait, you need to detail the protein mug cake. Oh yeah, for. I knew something that was you, probably coming. Uh, is this is this <laughs> something you create? Is this something from a packet? Like, talk to us about it. Yeah, so this is something I create. It's not something I created though. I cannot take credit for this. They're probably <laughs> they're all over Pinterest and all that. I've but I've modified it over the years, and it's super simple. It's just a scoop of protein powder, one or two scoops depending on how much you want. Scoop of protein powder, half a teaspoon of baking soda, a, uh, not baking soda, baking powder. I'm sorry, don't use baking soda, baking powder, a <laughs> okay. tablespoon of nut butter. So whatever nut butter you choose and about a third cup of milk of choice. And you mm. stir that all up and you microwave it anywhere from a minute to three minutes, depending on what consistency you want. And it is fantastic. That sounds really? delicious. I know. <laughs> I think I'm going to try it that. Is. It is <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> maybe someone's so at just, the end of this podcast um <laughs> I so know, just i know so just protein powder baking powder nut butter and milk that's it and some chocolate chips if you want oh okay yeah. you can okay. definitely throw some chips okay, okay so what and, right. and the flavor of protein powder does not matter it doesn't matter because you're going to get a, a different flavor whichever one you use okay. i like it all right yeah so on the morning of your long run what do you eat before you head out Sure. So I, I wake up. Um, so if it's a long run, like a training run, I wake up about an hour before I'm going to head out. If it's a race day, um, I usually wake up about two hours before and go to the bathroom. That is the most important thing. I'm sure mm -hmm. most listeners would agree with that. Like mm -hmm. that's got to happen. Running doesn't happen until that happens. Um, if it's under 10 miles, I usually don't eat much of anything. Um, that's just, like, it just, um, stomach wise, if I'm going to take in any sort of fuel during like a gel or a gummy or anything like that, I've just found digestive wise, it works out better if I don't eat anything, if it's under 10 miles, but 10 or over, um, I usually eat an English muffin with some almond butter. So that's, that has worked for me. It doesn't upset my tummy. It's sustainable. Um, if there's a race, like I mentioned, I try to eat that about two hours before the race to make sure everything digests. If I need to use a porta potty before the race starts, 
I will typically take something with me, whether that's like half a protein bar or even a gel or something like that and take that in about 30 minutes before a race just to make sure mm. I have enough fuel. Mm. Mm-hmm. You really are devoted to the protein. I am. I, I got to get it in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. And um, how do you plan your routes? Yeah. So um, I run in my neighborhood. So common misconception is the Kansas is flat. So mm-hmm. you probably all think that it's flat in that there were at like 900 feet above sea level, but it is very hilly. So depending on what I need to do that day, so if I need some hill work, um, there's about three different ways that I can go out of my neighborhood and I switch it up depending on just mentally what I want to do that day, physically what I want to do that day. Um, I'm going to find hills any way that I go, um, but some are more intense than others and some are earlier on. So really it just kind of depends on what I need to do that day. Um, And sometimes it's in the moment. So if I, if I don't have something that I have to do, sometimes it's, you know what, I want to see if this house um, has come along and being built yet. So I'll turn this right. way instead. Right, right. Yeah, this morning, I pretty much decided my route, depending on where trees were blooming. So like, oh, yeah. look, there's some plum trees. I'll head down this block. Oh, yes. look, there's, you know, some jasmine going. So yes, yeah, a- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I like that you uh, deem the hills, some are more intense than others. That's a very <laughs> kind of positive, almost spin on them, you know, like, yes. uh, yeah, so good. So, okay. So, and what do you carry with you on your long run? And do you have a, oh, and do you have yeah. a go-to piece of gear or apparel for long runs? Yeah. So um, I don't, the reason I love races is because everything is provided for me. And so I, I, I am not a fan of carrying things. So it's as, as few things as I can carry as possible. Um, this season right now in Kansas is fabulous because I can wear shorts, but still a light jacket. So then I have pockets. So I, you know, the more pockets, the better, but definitely take some sort of, um, some sort of fuel. So I'm big. I used to use, um, actual food, like dried banana chips and things like that. But I've um, really started using more of the, like the goo chomps. Those are mm-hmm. probably my favorite. I like gummies. Mm-hmm. Um, I take that definitely, definitely take water with me. I also know that if I make a loop and I see my house, I know a lot of people will like put water out on their front porch. If I see my house mentally, I think that I'm finished. And so I have to go. So I do an out and back route. So I, I do carry water with me. Um, ideally I run somewhere that has water fountains along the way or like a, a gas station or grocery store where I can stop in and use their water fountain. I have been known to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to carry a lot of things. And then, um, I definitely wear my aftershock because I have to have you. Nice, nice, nice. Well done. So, and you're part of several running groups, right? And, and do you always run long with someone? Um, you know what? I, I am. Um, so when I did Chicago, I was part of a running group. It was a, a fundraising group. You know, Chicago has that large nonprofit component. And so we ran um, as a as a group that were fundraising together. Uh, outside of that, I really am more of a solo runner. Um, mm-hmm. I really, it's very meditative for me. I really like that solo time. I do have um, a running best friend. 
and um, we will run together. We're about the same speed. And so if we are training for the same thing, we will do some of our long runs together, especially when you start getting into like 16 plus. Um, we, we will do some of those together. We've gotten a good cadence, both running wise and conversation wise. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I actually do a lot of solo running. Mm -hmm. And then do you have anything quirky that you do or practice um, on your long run? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, we don't have a lot of found change in Kansas, so I don't get to do anything <laughs> fun like that. Um, you know, I, this is so funny. I count a lot. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm counting things or, um, like counting colors mm -hmm. of cars that I see, things like that. It's just, oh. I, I think that is, I know a lot of runners do that, especially if you're a treadmill runner, it's like <laughs> counting down minutes and seconds and things like that. But um, I just find that it kind of keeps my mind stimulated. Um, but I, like I said, I do listen to music and I have been known to sing along to my music out loud. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a thing. <laughs> What's uh, we're, we're putting together a couple, um, rock my run, uh, mixes. What's a, what's a favorite song you're listening to now? Ooh. So, um, I, I'm a, good girl with kind of a hood playlist. So I listen to uh, um, some explicit content sometimes. Um, but I, my playlist is weird. I always tell people that sharing your playlist is kind of like letting someone read your diary. <laughs> like they get some serious insight into um, your quirky music. Um, I also listen to like a lot of nineties alternative because that was my thing in the nineties. <laughs> I love that. I, I always say sharing your playlist is like letting someone read your diary. <laughs> <It is. laughs> um, all right. And you mentioned the um, uh, marathon number nine, but you didn't tell us what it is. So what, what is it that you're training for? It, oddly enough, it's actually the Eugene marathon. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So and you say, uh, you say oddly because you're in Eugene as you record this for work. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And also because it's, you know, a couple miles down the road from you. Um, yes. yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, I, I love Oregon. I think that I am probably destined to live here at some point in my life. Very I, good. I, yes. I do love Oregon. I come here a lot for work. Um, and when it came to Eugene, Oh, a couple of years ago for the first time. And I just love the nostalgia of mm. the running community here. The uh -huh. course is absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, there were just a lot of things. So a fun fact is I've actually never run a full marathon in the city or state where I live. Oh, so all of them have been destination. And, mm -hmm. um, so it just seemed like a fun one to do. Yeah. My advice for Eugene is, try to stay away from the hills and just run flat, run your long runs on flat because it is so unrelentingly yeah. flat. Yes. And a lot of it is on um, cement instead of pavement. And I just remember that I set my PR at Eugene and I just remember the bottom yes. of my feet just feeling 
hot and I had an enormous blister. This was before I wore Belega socks, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, you just, you go over a couple bridges and, and they're very, very, um, they're pedestrian bridges, so they don't have a big long lead up to them. And it's just like, oh, finally, a little bit of incline. Thank <laughs> yes. you. <laughs> yes. That's like, I, I've done Chicago twice, which is very flat and, uh-huh. um, it's, a, it's hard on your body in a very different way. People assume mm-hmm. that it would be easy and it's, it's not, it's challenging so. in a totally different way. Precisely, precisely. Well, it sounds like you have it well in hand. So, well, thank you for taking a break from your business trip to talk with us, Molly. Thank you. This was fun. Our next guest is Kathy Angstrom, a mother runner of three who lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado. She's completed several marathons and an ultra. Just like me, as we record this, Kathy just got home from our Hilton Head Island retreat. So great to talk with you again so soon, Kathy. I know. I am overjoyed to be here to just keep prolonging the AMR love. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice, nice. So, well, then we, I got to ask, what was your favorite part of the Hilton Head Retreat? Oh, hands down, being with so many women who were nerding out just as much as me at the (laughs) Olympic marathon trials. That was so fun. So fun. I mean, the whole retreat was amazing, but that was extra special that it fell on that day where we could be together. It was, uh, that was, I mean, how fortunate were we? So yeah. um, Yeah. 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 So an extra special add on to the retreat. Yeah. Very nice. So tell us about your kids. I think you have um, a a few kids, like three kids. I have three. I have three. They are 21, 18 and 16, but (laughs) Their emotional ages are 21, 12, and 85. (laughs) And I feel like that gives you a better understanding of what I'm dealing with over here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And um, am I right in saying that, like Molly, you built your family through adoption? We did. We did. We uh, adopted each one. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first two were born in the United States, and our third was born in Ethiopia. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, So, okay, so as a way of talking about your running background, I want to start by reading you something that you wrote on your Bammer Baster application. And you said, the biggest way AMR has affected my life is that I went from being someone who ran during the summer and hibernated in the winter to a year-round runner who has accomplished marathons and an ultra. So please elaborate on that metamorphosis, Kathy. Yes, it has been a metamorphosis. So (laughs) I began... I really found my love of running post-college and I, we lived in the twin cities at the time. Mm. So I was such a big baby. So I was just so (laughs) afraid of running outside in the winter. And, you know, the, now I look back and think I missed out on some great outdoor opportunities, but at the time it was like, okay, it's getting sunny and warm. I'm going to start being outside again. And I would build up my mileage through the summer. And then once it got cold again, it was like, uh-uh, I'm done. <laughs> and then we moved to Colorado and my kids got a little older and I just really needed that escape year round. Uh-huh. And because of the AMR support in the community, I, because I usually run by myself, I felt like I had more inspiration from people. I could see other women were dressing in layers and getting outside when it was really cold and coming back and saying, I had a great run. And Uh I began really pushing myself. And now, now I'm kind of the opposite where I love running in the winter and it gets a little more 
just challenging once once it heats up again. Yeah, yeah, and that strong sunshine in Colorado, I I find it can be kind yeah. of unrelenting. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. 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 So marathons and an ultra, um, talk to us about how your long runs differ for those two events in, in any way other than distance. Sure. Um, I've done two marathons, two 50 Ks and one 50 miler, uh, as far as like those longer distances. And for me, it really is going to vary between if I'm on the road or if I'm on a trail and how for all of those distances, it is so much more about my mental muscle than it is about any other muscle in my body. So I can do I, whatever plan I have, you put it in front of me, I will do it. I will do every workout. I will um, follow follow the, the hints, the tips, the training, everything, do the mileage. But I really have to practice my mental muscle. So for marathon training, if I'm on the road, whether that's going to be an out and back or I park my car somewhere and stash my gear in it and loop around and just training my mind to stay in it. Like, okay, I have six more miles. Okay. Four more miles, two more miles, you know, just really flexing my brain muscle versus when I'm out on the trails, how I mentally prepare myself to be out on the trails for a very long time and um, not distracting myself from how long it takes to be out there because I'm a little bit slower. So I'm out there for a long time, but just preparing myself mentally. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, for, for your long runs, do you have a, a go-to piece of gear or apparel that, that really kind of you bring along every most, most every time? If I'm on the trails, I have the vapor, how mm -hmm. vest running vest for the hydration pack. And that thing is the best running investment I have ever made, ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever. So mm -hmm. I, for, for people that are looking at hydration packs or vests or whatever, you know, do what fits comfortably, what feels good, and you can stash all your stuff in. And I have just found that to be phenomenal for being able to stash all kinds of things in it. That's my favorite piece of gear. I have the same mm -hmm. one, and it really is nice. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. It just feels like a little... T I can't describe like a t-shirt like just it's so comfortable and after a while it just kind of forms to your body and yeah sometimes so, and I you, forget I yeah, even have it on yeah agree and, and you gal said it's the vapor how yes it's by Nathan mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. that's what I, that I was that's funny because I think we I just got press release about that and I was like wait a minute but what I'm like I think that's Nathan brand okay it is yeah Fabulous. and there's multiple colors and oh they're, <laughs> it's just great <laughs> All right. Okay. So the lead up to long run day, you know, um, nutrition, hydration, pre-run breakfast, take us through it. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> or maybe you're not, maybe you don't, you know, maybe I don't, you just wing it. I, I don't wing it, but I don't overthink it. I mm -hmm. am a podcast hoarder. So I will make sure <laughs> like more than anything that my phone is fully charged and I have all my favorite podcasts downloaded, lined up, ready to go. So that's, you know, Which I try I whole, to run. I wholeheartedly support that practice. <laughs> yes. So thank you. So I try, you know, if I'm going to be out there for several hours, then I try to make sure I'm running some of it, you know, with my brain. But then at some point I've got to just be, be entertained by something or informed. Um, 
I, I don't overthink too much when I'm eating the day before. Pizza works really well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually run Saturday it. mornings as my long run. So mm-hmm. Friday night, you know, I make sure there's veggies on it and I'll have lots of water and maybe a small salad on the side. But oh gosh, a good, a good meal of pizza mm-hmm. takes me a long way. Yep. And then the morning of, I, I, I can't eat too much. So toast with peanut butter maybe half a banana with some peanut Mm. butter. And Mm. it depends also, there are some trails right outside my door, quite literally, but there's also places that, you know, I need to drive 20 minutes to get there and then I can, I can eat a little bit in the car while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Lucky you for having those trails right outside your door. Oh, I'm so fortunate. I do not take it for granted. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, okay. So take us out on a long run with you. You know, when do you take a nutrition? What do you do for nutrition? Um, you got, is it just water in your Nathan vest? What, what, walk us, yeah, run it us usually, through it. It usually is just water. Um, mm-hmm. there's a couple of, if I'm doing a trail, I can park at the trailhead and there's a, there's an area where I can do several loops where there's quite a few trails that interconnect and mm. I can come back to my car which I really love to do that because it is hard. You feel like a pack mule if you're carrying too much <laughs> stuff on you and that yeah. gets old quickly. Yeah. So I can have more variety if I'm doing that. If I'm running, if I'm training, like when I've trained for a road marathon, I, I prefer doing an out and back just because, again, mentally, that's where I need to be. I don't trust myself to... to um, do it a different way because I could easily convince myself to stop. So the only way I can get home is to get back to my car. So I will take some gels and have water, or at least if I'm not carrying water, if I needed it, I know I could get it somewhere at a, you know, gas station or a water fountain. And I will fuel, you know, about every hour. Um, my stomach gets kind of finicky, so I really have to force myself to fuel. And that's something that's easier for some people and harder for others. And I fall on the side of it's, it's harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so I'm intrigued that you can stop back at your car and don't feel the urge to just like crawl into it and drive <laughs> off. Um, but, but yet stopping by home, you know, and, and Molly Buchanan said the same thing. So why do, you, why do you think that I, is? I think there, there's a small amount of fear, a healthy fear that happens when you put money down on a race and you say, I'm going to run <laughs> this far at, for this many miles for this amount of time. And for me to not be prepared for that, mm-hmm. that that's kind of scary. So I would rather, yes, it's hard. It's hard to get back to your car and see <laughs> that warm <laughs> Mm-hmm. warm interior, you know, if it's mm-hmm. been sitting in the sun and it's chilly outside and you do mm-hmm. want to sit down. But um, I think I'm more scared of not finishing my mm. training correctly and mm-hmm. being at a race unprepared and having a miserable day. So yes, again, it it's, it's not easy, but it's, you, we just do it, right? We just make ourselves do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have a picture of how you do your long trail runs, but how, how are your long road runs different from, from that format? Um, not, I think it's just the terrain. So mentally preparing myself that there's might be less to look at, Mm. uh, distracting myself with podcasts or with music, 
uh, picking the route. So the night before I'll pick the route. I just don't like wake up in the morning and go, wow, where should I go today? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I try to be deliberate about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll run, you know, from my house and out and back. And, and a lot of times I will drive to a place just to make it a little more interesting. Uh, there are several, uh, they're paved bike paths, but that's just a nicer place to run than um, in some of the neighborhoods where I live where it's just sidewalks. And at this time of year when people aren't consistently shoveling and it's ugh, it's icy in spots and I, I'd, I'd rather be in a place where it's, there, there's a trail in Colorado Springs that they, they actually plow and mm. they keep it groomed and it's just phenomenal wow. that that's a place where we can go and not be afraid of falling in the snow or ice. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about post run. Um, what do you generally eat to start rebuilding your broken down muscles? Oh, I need to get better at this. Um, <laughs> my stomach is very, it just is not happy post run. It's not upset, but it is not hungry. I'm usually struggling to eat. So I will, I will hydrate a lot. Smoothies are really good because at Mm -hmm. least I can sip them. And if I get some protein powder in there and fruits and vegetables and, you know, maybe some Greek yogurt just to kind of, yeah, rebuild those nutrients and and try to to catch up on how I've been depleted. But it's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I know other women struggle with this too. Mm -hmm. It seems to you fall on one side or the other. You're either ravenous Mm -hmm. or your your digestive system is just on strike after a long run. And (laughs) it's it's hard. I like that on strike. Um, so, all right. So maybe you, you've brought that smoothie up to the shower or something like that, you know, keep it in the bathroom to sip on, uh, as you're changing or whatever, but do you also mm-hmm. do any form of like self-care, like foam rolling, dynamic stretching, you know, something in the hopes of warding off soreness? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a ringing endorsement of any of those self-care. <laughs> <laughs> For a long time, I was so bad that I, we always ran out of groceries this, you know, on the weekend. And so I was trying to do a long run and then go grocery shopping. And it was like, Kathy, get it together. Like you don't (laughs) have to do this all on the same day. So I would find myself, you know, at least I was trying to like get some of the lactic acid out by walking around the grocery store, but I was so tired. So, (laughs) you know, when you're just kind of hunched over. I'm not sure grocery Lean. shopping counts as self-care. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. I am not advising this. It was terrible. So, um, gosh, I will take the longest hot shower. Mm. And then I have learned that if I do some light walking, you know, we, mm. you know, if I can walk my dogs that at some point during the day, just to kind of flush the legs out a little bit, I will mm. foam roll the following day. Oh. Um, kind of when I'm done running, then I'm done and it's, it can be hard for me to keep at, you know, just, uh, movement, self-care, taking care of myself, adding, you know, cool down exercise. It's just, it's hard. So I'm done. And, but I, I've got to be good about for sure doing it the next day. And yeah, but just light walking that, that helps immensely. I, I've learned that I had a couple after one of my 50 Ks, I wound up, we went to a friend's house and we wound up walking around the neighborhood together and it felt so good. And it was such a good way to just help my legs recover a little bit. And I just wasn't a sore the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that these days. I really am. 
So before we let you go, any advice about long runs for gals stepping up from a marathon to an ultra? It is so fun. It is so fun. And, Mm. you know, the difference between, this sounds weird, but the difference between 26.2 miles and 30, 31, 32, every ultra is kind of, sometimes they're a little, they range in that area. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal. If you can do 26, you can do an ultra. So um, it's just a little bit more of everything, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit more nutrition, a little more strength training, a little bit uh, back to back longer runs, but it, they're so fun. They're so wonderful. The people are great. It's just, it's, it's just, you know, if you're, if you're not interested in that, I totally get it. You don't have to do it. But if you're thinking, I wonder if I could, I'm here to tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, All right. Well, super fun talking with you, Kathy. and, And I so enjoyed hanging out with you on Hilton Head. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Amanda. It was great to talk with both of you. You too. Our final guest is Katie Ormson. She's the mom of three grown children. Her family lives in Libertyville, Illinois. And like Kathy, Katie just attended our Hilton Head Island retreat, where we realized she has the distinction of being the person who has attended the most domestic AMR retreats, five out of eight. So well done, Katie. And thank you for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you've been to five AMR retreats. What did you like best about Hilton Head? Oh, I mean, the whole thing was great. I mean, at any time I can be in a hotel and look out my door and see palm trees in the ocean. That's spot on. But it's the it's the camaraderie. It's just getting together with all of the women, just all of the friendships that have been built through attending retreats and working at expos and meeting them up for races and stuff. It just that's was just fabulous. Such a good time. Very nice. Well, tell us all how you got started in running. So I have been a runner for a long time. I started running in high school, kind of middle school, high school, because I really wasn't very good at any other sports. And that was something I could do. And so I really have been a runner since then. When my kids were little, I wasn't a big runner, you know, a couple times a week, a few miles here and there. Um, Sometimes if my husband was home and walked, I never had a jogging stroller and took the kids with me, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then in 2011, we moved to Illinois and I joined a gym and joined a class called Runners to Racers and met mm. some women who really kind of were getting into racing and started running races with them. And we still run together now. And that's kind of where, when I really started running longer distances and running more races and stuff. So mm, for almost 10 intri- years now. That's an intriguing class. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Katie, you are a prolific racer. Uh, you need to detail, for instance, your 2019 races and mileage. Well, I figured you might ask this question. So I did do a little scan back over Strava last night to check it out. So well done. Well done. And and this was a, this was a little outlier year. I typically do not race this much, but in 2019, I ran three, five Ks, one, 10 K two half marathons, six marathons and three ultras. Wow. (laughs) That even, that even got Alex to look up from from the dashboard and be like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will say that there were three spring marathons or winter and spring that were all really done as training runs for 
the one ultra, the three days at the fair. So, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you can't go out and run a, try to run a PR at six marathons in one yeah. year, but yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So All right. Okay. So you and I got to run together on Monday morning on Hilton Head, the morning after yeah. the women run race. So we we're just kind of shaking our legs out going um, nice and easy. And so we got to the topic of you being um, putting in a lot of miles and that you said you're taking a different approach in 2020. So could you share that with the listeners, please? Yeah. So both in 2018 and 2019, I had the goal to run the year and I, mm-hmm. and I did, I think 2018, I ran 2090 miles and 2019, it was 2060 miles, just something like that. And I just feel like now in my mid fifties, that's just not sustainable. I just, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you felt like you're burning too many matches. And I think if yeah. I continued to do that, I would be burning too many matches. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I worried I would wake up with plantar fasciitis or my IT band would hurt or anything like that, but more like, am I doing, is there any kind of damage coming on from like a metabolism standpoint, a hormone standpoint of just putting this many miles on my body? So I'm really kind of stepping back and purposely ran very few miles in January so that I can't get tricked into <laughs> coming on strong. Like the goal is gone. There's no way it's going to happen this year. So, so it's done. So that was kind of good. Um, and really just try to concentrate on more strength, um, shorter distances, probably pushing a little less cortisol into my system, just that kind of thing. So Uh um, I certainly will be running and racing, but not, not like I have the last couple of years. And I feel like it's probably just going to be a really healthy thing for my body. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, It sounds smart. Um, But I mean, you did make it through those last two years with all those miles. What do you think helped you put those in and um, get all those long run miles in too? Yeah, I think, in general, I just think I have a pretty durable body. I have had very few, almost no injuries over the years. I also take my easy runs easy. You know, I don't specifically always track my heart rate, but I have a good idea of where it's at, and I really do run them easy. I don't think you could be pushing hard for that many miles and not come out, you know, without an injury. So mm-hmm. I think that, and I'm also pretty good about kind of some of the extra stuff. I will, I'm kind of a fan of the Epsom salt bath after a long run. I'm pretty good with foam rolling. I do do my strength and, and I truly rest on my rest days. I don't run seven days a week and on a rest day, I maybe will go out for a short little walk, but otherwise it's a rest day. So I feel like mm-hmm. those kind of things have been able to help me. Yeah maintain yeah. the body and be able to put the miles on. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. So, but, so, but yeah. to, it, to get in all those miles, were you running six days a week? Yeah. Yeah. For the mm-hmm. most part, especially mm-hmm. the ultra training, it, mm-hmm. I would definitely, and I added a lot of walking too. I, you know, I would do two a days where I'd maybe do the long run or the 10, 12 mile run in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I'd go out and walk for two or three miles. Just, mm-hmm. just that extra time on my feet, just kind of building up the endurance that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, um, you're part of a running group and, um, how do you work that into your training and racing? So the run club in our town is just the most fun group of people. It's a huge run club. And I would say on Saturday mornings, you know, there might be as many as 200 people that show up for a run, Um, you know, and they run a few times, a few times a week. And then we have subgroups within the big group that meets other times to run. So I do a lot of my long runs solo just because I don't work a traditional nine to five job. So I do have a little more flexibility so when they're getting up at 4.35 in the morning, I don't have to start my long run until 7 or something like that. So I do do a lot of the long runs by myself. But I do hop over there Saturday mornings and we'll run with them. Um, we'll do an evening run, usually from a bar on Wednesday nights. And if I, 
my husband's traveling or if I could work that into the schedule, I'll hop over and do that. Sometimes if I am not running on Saturday morning, I'll still buzz over and meet them for a coffee after the run. So I kind of still get the socialization part in, even if the run doesn't work into my schedule. So yeah, they're just a really fun group of people with just huge range of abilities and everybody is celebrated and everybody's encouraged to just show up and, and come run, run, walk, walk, you know, join for coffee. So it's just a, a super fun group of people. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you gain a lot of um, enjoyment with them yes. and there's a great sense yeah. of camaraderie. That's nice. That's nice. So, all right. So take us to before those um, runs the night before the morning of what's your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep. So the night before I, I pay attention to what I mean. I mean, especially when I was ultra training, when I was doing probably four days a week, I was doing at least 10 miles and I had several back to backs of 2020 or 2520. So then I, I was paying attention. Like you can't just fake through that many miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so paying attention to what I'm eating, drinking noon, I often the night before a long run, I'll eat a little bit of um, granola with milk on it. The Simply Elizabeth is a brand that Ellie really oh, likes. And so I love have oh some of gosh. that just kind yeah. of like a, a good carb um, before mm-hmm. I go to bed. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to lay everything out, everything stacked up. My watch is charged. I've got the bag with any extras if I need gloves or hat or um, any of that kind of stuff. That's everything's prepped and ready to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the night before. And then during your long run, what, what's your typical go-to for food and, and hydration? I, I will often make noon. I'm not, I try not to carry stuff with me. And I, I do have some loops a little bit like Kathy. I will park my car near the trailhead or at the forest preserve. And I will have like loops that are maybe five or six miles. And then I'll just swing past the car and grab a few swallows at noon. I am not a sweet person. Like I, oh, you just even show me a goo packet and my stomach hurts. Um, I will make, I will make sweet potatoes and take those with me. Um, I do do, like I make my homemade matcha balls, which those are kind of sweet because they're date based, but, um, but I kind of feel with real food and stuff that's not too sweet. Mm. And usually about every five, five or so miles kind of thing, mm. swing back and get a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's great. And right. coffee. I have to start the morning with coffee. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a given. And then when you stepped up to doing an ultra, uh, did you change any elements of your long run? Not too much. Um, I almost never run with music or a podcast. And sometimes on those longer runs, I would throw the aftershocks on and I would, you know, put a, you know, could find those podcasts that last a couple hours and pop one of those on um, to help a little bit. But, um, you know, not too much difference, really. Um, My kids made me some playlists on Spotify. So sometimes I'd you know, put one of those on if I was really feeling like I needed it, um, just to kind of curiosity, see what kind of songs they put on for me. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're out there for a really long run and you hit a rough patch, um, what kind of tactics do you use to get through that? Um, I usually just slow the pace down a little bit, you know, maybe that's, maybe the rough patch is my body saying, Hey, you didn't sleep so great last night or man, you ate some crap food and I'm going to let you know, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So I think just slow down a little bit. Um, 
maybe I'll turn, maybe I will turn the music on then, see if I can distract myself a little bit. And if I really, if the rough patch is there for a while, sometimes I'll just call it. I'll just go, yeah, this is enough for today. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm not getting enough benefit out of this. It's, it's done. Mm -hmm. I'm time. Mm -hmm. So just call and go home, (laughs) which I don't do very often, but, but to me, I feel like that's always an option. If things are really lousy and not feeling well, just call it be done. Great. Okay, Katie, um, as someone who had a sheet done up of um, the top contenders of the Olympic marathon trials, which I was very impressed with, you put it together yourself. You strike me as a person who takes notes, makes lists, produces spreadsheets, the whole bit. So how closely do you analyze data after a run or, and do you keep notes about certain runs? Like what worked, what didn't, what felt good? Oh, that's funny. Uh, not, you know, I probably should do more than I do. So I always wear a Garmin. So all my mm-hmm. data goes into Garmin Connect and mm-hmm. then it automatically goes into Strava. And that's, mm-hmm. I usually use Strava more than anything. I will pretty much always go back and put a title on the name of the run. Sometimes mm-hmm. I try to be witty or funny, mm-hmm. but a lot of times that'll trigger something that I will remember the run by. Um, oh, okay. But, you know, and I will certainly at the end of the run, I will look at my overall pace. I'll look at my heart rate during those long runs. One of the th- things I looked at was what, what was the difference between the overall time and the moving time? Like, am I taking too Mm -hmm. long at these little five mile water stops at my car? Like those, those times add up pretty quickly if you don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But otherwise I don't, you know what, I look at it once after the end of the run, I labeled the run and then I usually move on and I don't typically go back and look too much. So I really don't pay that much attention Mm -hmm. overall. Mm -hmm. But I love be- getting and giving kudos, so I'm kind of a Strava fan, <laughs> <laughs> which is very silly, but <laughs> just well, a little now happiness. You to, now you need to help people find you on Strava. So are you Katie I'm Ormson? I'm just Katie Ormson. <laughs> yeah, so O-R-M-S-O-N. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, yep. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so as, as a female who's done a lot of long runs, what are a few pointers you'd give a listener who might be stepping up to her first half or full marathon this year? I would say, I mean, I think some of the preparation, you know, being prepped the night before so that you don't have to put a huge amount of thought into it the morning of, you know, I also think if you can find some friends to run with, that makes a huge difference. You know, even if you're stepping up to longer runs and you have friends that are only doing two or three, four miles, you know, see if you can figure out how they could join you for those two or three, four miles, just so you could break your long run up a little bit. It just really Mm -hmm. makes the time go by and even if you're tired and they're chatting away and you're just along for the ride, it really, really helps to have someone else there with you. I also say, slow the pace down. You know, you're not racing the long run. The long Mm -hmm. runs are so much more tolerable and just so much easier if they just take a few minutes longer and you're running them at a real comfortable pace, you know, don't race the long run. Yes. Now I need to, now we need to, you know, and that's a lot of people have a hard time. You know, the ego doesn't want you, you don't want to see a 10 or an 11 on the watch, but you know, it, the long run's not the race. So absolutely yes. love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you for imparting all your, um, you know, long run wisdom that you've You're accrued welcome. over Thanks the many for having miles. Me. Yeah. That was fun talking with you. Good. Take care. And I'll see you in Missoula. Yes. Oh, very good. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Katie. Bye. All right. Well, if you are looking for more advice, support, encouragement, tips, the whole bit for whatever race distance you are doing, head on over to the Train Like a Mother Club. We have everything from 5k up to ultras if you were inspired by 
Kathy and Katie talking about ultras. And they, um, in that you sign up, you register, you get amazing swag at the beginning. So you can use the, the goo, the noon, the Belega socks, the wind detergent during your training, see what works for you. You get a training plan, both as a PDF and on training peaks. You get uh, webinars with the coaches, ask the coaches, private Facebook page. It is just everything and more that you need because as Dimity likes to say, the race is the party and it is the training that can be the difficult or the challenging or the more intense part of it. So Train Like a Mother Club is there to help and guide and support you. So head on over to trainlikeamother.club. That's trainlikeamother.club. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.